I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Darkness beneath memory, hearing earth beat heavy. This week on KSL Plus. I cannot change remembering, marching hope and ground pounding. The project has, from the very beginning, felt like we were just tools or instruments in the process. How one man's discovery. It was a little shocking that that I didn't know about it previously. Of Ukraine's difficult past turned into a musical. Kalina, Kalina, your little leaves grow. What else might I give to help it be so? That's now helping to inform There isn't enough And raise funds Sunlight for all For those impacted by the current conflict in Ukraine One less may soften your fall We just felt like this might be an opportunity to share uh, the love of Ukraine and their culture and their and their history with not only Utahns but other people here in the United States in an effort to raise money for refugees who are in extremely difficult circumstances at the moment. I'm Matt Rascone and this is KSL Plus and this week we bring you the music and take you behind the scenes of Kalina the Musical, a story about Soviet Ukraine's suffering through Holodomor, a man-made famine that killed millions, and the country's struggle for independence. Here's my conversation with creators Ben Lull and Carissa Clifgard and two of their cast members. Honestly, I, I just I felt impressed to write a musical. Uh, this is like six, seven years ago, and so I it's kind of a weird idea. It's, that doesn't happen to most people all the time, and I'm not much of a composer at the time, right? So it was uh, it was quite a feat in my brain to do something like that. Uh, I'd, I'd done some reading about Ukraine's history and learned about Holodomor, which is this, you know, Stalin's genocide of millions of Ukrainians in the 30s. This is prior to the Holocaust, about 10 years. And as I was reading and researching about it, it was a little shocking that that I didn't know about it previously. Uh, I was a little astounded that it wasn't something that I learned about in school. And talking to a lot of friends and family, they, they also hadn't heard about it. But I'd always been fascinated with World War II history. And I, I thought it was um, strange that it, I had never really seen it represented on stage before. And being a performer and, and really caring about storytelling myself, I just thought it would be a really unique way to... to um, understand and learn about some of these stories of people who who lived during that period of time. I, I think 
because in the United States we're, we're a little bit isolated, we're quite a bit isolated from uh, war. We don't, we don't experience it here very often, especially in the last you know, 20, 30 years. Unless you have somebody who's been in the military and served or uh, you've served yourself, it, it's, I think it's extremely hard for us to, to comprehend what it would be like to be in armed conflict. And so um, learning about, I started reading more about some of these historical stories, survivors from armed conflict, survivors from camps and other places. And that's uh, kind of what led me to Ukraine. I started reading about their history and I learned that it is largely untouched. Nobody's really done it in, in media. I haven't seen any large scale movies or, or musicals or plays about that that era, uh, and specifically about the country. And so it felt like it was untouched and felt like these people deserved to, to have their stories heard uh, in a very profound way. And so I shared that thought and that concept with a friend of mine, Carissa. I was equally daunted, um, but Ben had composed this lullaby theme, and it was kind of the first thing of the show. And so he proposed the concept and then this lullaby, and for some reason it just really gripped me. I, I felt drawn to it, and so, but I was really, really nervous about writing it. The biggest challenge uh, is we've never done this before. <laughs> so trying to gain the confidence and the, um, the, the endurance to, and perseverance to really kind of complete a project like this ha has been challenging. And so I thought, well, if, I, if I'm going to write anything at all, I'm going to have to feel immersed in the culture and history and, and speak from some place of authority or knowledge. And so I spent like the next year just researching. We, we wanted not only it to feel historically accurate, but also authentic to the people and the culture. I tried to find as many journals as I could and get in as many Facebook groups as I could with people that were sharing documents and photos and and journals and stories of their parents. And I just really tried to get, because uh, I felt like it would be more powerful coming from a, a place that everybody could relate to, a family, a mom and dad and their child, and what life was like enduring these atrocities. And so, yeah, that was my process. And once I felt like I, I understood, at least on some level, their customs, their culture, their history, what it might have been like to live in that time, I began kind of drafting an outline, and, and then Ben and I started to work really closely. I would write a couple of scenes and then share them with him or, or write a song that I felt like was appropriate, and then we would kind of go back and forth on music and I'd adjust some lyrics, and so we, it was really a tandem effort. I don't mind the space between the this and this, but I think I, don't you think? So, that we, have, we feel this sense of, of duty to tell it correctly and accurately as best we can. And so there, there's some vulnerability around, are we doing this right? And, and are people from that region going to connect to the story and that, we've, you know, that we've shared? So um, it's delicate, right? We, we want to make sure that they feel like it means something to them and, and, and that it's not about us at all. It's really truthfully about, about Ukraine and, and their history. And our bleeding cease our fears till petals fall onward our haven no near 
so um, it begins in 1929. Uh, collectivization had started in the region, um, but it was still uh, voluntary. And so the story starts there uh, with a family and their neighbors and their extended family. They live in this rural farming village that we're putting kind of just north of Kyiv, Ukraine. And so it follows them as the Holodomor gains momentum and Stalin's demands be increase more and more and the danger increases and, you know, there were fatal consequences to not abiding by these rules about collectivization and they were losing their livelihood. Um, and so it it follows these people as they struggle with literally starving to death. Um, so not only is their pride taken and everything they've worked for and the way that they make their living by joining these collective farms, but then there's never anything given back to the people and they literally would starve. If they stole even a little bit of grain from a field, they would be shot or sent to a gulag camp or imprisoned um, and killed later. It was. It was truly horrific what was going on, um, people laying in the streets. I mean, it is, it is about as rough as you can imagine. It's a harrowing backdrop in which to put a musical. Right? And we wanted to be very, very delicate about how we approached that. And, but, the, but the truth is, they came out of it. There were people that survived and culture that survived. And so while we want to pay good tribute to truly how horrible those circumstances were, we also want to say that there was hope. People were fighting. People were trying to survive. And that, you know, that human impulse to just survive and, and sacrifice and... Uh, yeah, we just we felt like that was the true focus of Act One. It's a sad show, so you know, it's a, a lot of it's very emotional. It's uh, there's hope, there's hope there, but it's it's got some tragic moments, and um, yeah, it definitely it's an emotional roller coaster. So it's but um, but a story that needs to be told and it's something that really happened. So yeah. um, and really, our characters and the love that they share is mm -hmm. just tan like just tangible that's basically the whole show is is love wrapped up you know that's yeah, really what it love yeah uh-huh and just wanting to be left alone <laughs> you know like uh. only 10 years later we see world war ii uh, begin to happen and the nazis occupy kiev and the soviets bomb their their own city because it was uh, occupied by Nazi Germany, and so they have to endure this monumental atrocity again, um, and, and still they came out the other side. It's the resilience and perseverance of these people. It makes me really emotional, um, because it's, it's pretty astounding. It's hard to believe that anything came out the other side of just event after event and oppression after oppression. It's... Yeah, it's pretty sobering and and also very hopeful, very inspiring. A war I fight if we could come to win the liberty of land and skies with So I am Petro. 
I am uh, Kalina, the title character's father. We're just grateful to have the volunteers and the support that we do. Otherwise, it would be totally insurmountable. Kalina, Kalina, your little leaves grow. And I play Nadia, um, Kalina's mother. So um, her character is just beautiful. We're, we're very humbled at, at the willingness of, you know, these professionals to, to participate in and want to help. We just feel so grateful. We just feel so humbled to be able to feel like we can do something because uh, so much of what's getting emotional. So much of what's going on right now is just, it's just terrible. And it feels like, it just feels helpless. So I feel like this has just been a beautiful experience for us to be able to give part of something that we have. I mean, we've just been blown away by the response of these volunteers to just be willing to give of their time and, and their talents. So we couldn't be more grateful. I totally feel the same way. It's just grateful for the opportunity to be able to do something, you know, because <laughs> like just watching all the things you see on the news, all the horrible things that are going on, history is just repeating itself. And um, yeah, we're just grateful to be able to help in some way. And we're just lucky that we were able to be in the right place at the right time. performed it in a, they call it a workshop. So it's just a staged reading of, of performance. And we did this back last fall uh, for the first time. And so it was the first time we were able to see the show all the way through with performers and, and music and lines and everything. And since then we were, we were gonna start making changes and updates and edits and things that we wanted to change and improve. Um, so we were kind of passively working on that. And uh, of course we saw um, in the news, Ukraine and Russia's tensions were rising and finally Russia invaded and uh, we were devastated. I mean, we cared about it before, obviously, um, and, and our hearts were 100% with Ukraine when we did the reading. And then as we watched these news events happen, it, it was hard for it to even sink in. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. It was hard, yeah, it was really hard to comprehend that they would go through this again um, after they finally got their freedom. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, devastating. That's, that's the real word for it. And I had people that I knew there uh, in Kiev that were in bomb shelters. I mean, it was, yeah, devastating. I think it just it, it brings a lot of emotion to the surface because it's, it's not, there's not a separation anymore of time. So it's, it's currently happening and we see the, the footage and we see all of those um, people being uprooted from their, their homes, their lives, they don't know if or when they will go back to what they ever knew. It's surreal. It feels very surreal. And of course we would never want to perform this under this, these circumstances. That would never be our wish. But because it's happened and we had this piece of theater that's about Ukraine and we felt like very relevant to what's going on now, could we leverage this to help uh, both with funding and just to celebrate who they are and, and honor them in some way. We feel helpless being here and just watching news reports. And so 
we felt like this would be just one small way we might be able to contribute to help um, not only raise money for refugees, but also create some more allies to the cause, um, help people understand, yes, this is a difficult time for Ukraine, but beyond just the current struggle, they have a, a very vibrant culture and a, and a very strong identity that's fueling the, the conflict today. They're, they're defending their country and their identity uh, that has been threatened so many times in the past. And so I think if people can understand the historical aspects and also hopefully see that the beauty in their culture, they'll fall in love with Ukraine just like we have. Suddenly, Kalina the musical was more than just a compelling story. It was an opportunity to help. We've got to do something. This is inhuman. And it's happening to the Ukrainians now. That is where the Amar Foundation comes in and U.S. Friends of Amar based in Salt Lake City. Kalina the Musical tells the story of a family that lived through Holodomor, a horrific time in the history of Ukraine when millions were killed. I cannot change remembering. After the start of the current war in Ukraine, the show's creators approached Amar to help make the show a reality and to use it to help Ukrainians. For more than 30 years, Amar has been serving refugees in Europe, and its founder, Baroness Nicholson, says they've been on the front lines of that humanitarian work since the start of the invasion. Ukraine, as you know, is in the most terrible situation with hostility, ferocity in Europe we've never seen since the Second World War, with a degree of cruelty, the degree of horror, the degree of fear, and millions and millions of people fleeing. A lot of people are really interested in helping Ukraine. They just don't know how, and we want to give them that opportunity. They agreed to sponsor the show at the Eccles Theater in Salt Lake, with all proceeds going to the cause. So we're there, we're on the ground, and we're begging for people's help and support. The, the project has, from the very beginning, felt like we were just tools or instruments in the process and, and that it's been kind of, I guess for lack of better terms, guided in a, in a deeper sense. We just feel like we've been part of it, kind of uh, passengers on the train almost. Yeah, it's difficult to describe. Um, it's, it's really humbling. I mean, I, we wouldn't have done this or asked this much of people except for under these circumstances. That's like empowered us to just say like, hey, we all need to gather together to help. Otherwise, we, we'd feel too sheepish to ask what we've asked of people. Um, but to hear the lyrics sung and feel that they really do resonate with what's going on right now is, yeah, it's very emotional. It's hard to describe, but I think the overwhelming thing is just gratitude. That's the overwhelming feeling I have. Before I fight, if we could come to win the liberty The end of the show is we focus on, um, in 1991, the, the referendum for independence. So Ukraine has finally won independence in their free nation. And we thought that was the end of the story, all she wrote. And so for, for this to have happened now, um, it's, it's awful. We, we feel for their, um, their fight for freedom and we see the independence in, in their spirit. And um, what's really interesting and poignant is that when you see the show, when you see um, some of the storylines that were written in and some of the music, the lyrics especially, 
it, it may seem like we wrote this post the conflict, and it's completely the opposite. There's no way we could have, you know, done all that、um, in the last two months. But because it's so relevant to what was happening, it feels like、um, it may have been written after that. So, so what it tells me is that Ukraine's history is repeating itself. We're seeing this. This has happened before in different variations, and and so.、Um, We just we want people to see that and feel that and know that this country, you know, deserves a chance at their freedom and longer than just you know twenty thirty years. Had a chance for a conquest even so, these ruthless leaders whom my allegiance follow true, honor taint into my hands, life or death. What do I choose? That does it for us this week here on KSL Plus. I'm Matt Rascone. We'll see you again next week.